As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll discuss a surprising demotion and a Reds hitter on the rise. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three co-brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Tuesday, June 22nd, presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. I'm Al Melchior. I am here with Michael Beller, and it is Wander Franco Day. And as we were discussing just a few moments ago, Michael, we all have to get our, our headline puns ready. Absolutely. I'm gonna, I think I used one yesterday, actually, for this show. I might use another one today. Why the heck not? We got to uh, get them in before <laughs> they get too lame. They're already lame, but we got to get them in before they get like super lame. All right, so it's just all a part of the fantasy baseball season. So Franco uh, debuting today against the Red Sox. Long overdue, at least in my opinion. Anyway, uh, let's get to the other news and notes here. Adalberto Mondesi going on the IL with his oblique injury. And another player who unfortunately has spent uh, too much time on the IL this year, Byron Buxton. This one's just just frustrating, uh, especially for him. Fractured his left hand on a hit-by-pitch against the Reds uh, on Monday. So back to the IL uh, for Bucks. I don't think that move has actually been made yet, but it certainly will be, and he'll be out for probably at least several weeks. Uh, but we'll certainly keep tabs on that. Aaron Savali left his start against the Cubs early with a middle finger injury. Jonathan VR leaving uh, Game 2 of the Mets doubleheader against the Braves with a, a tight calf. Uh, Max Muncy to be activated on Tuesday, and Cody Bellinger on Wednesday. So some very good news there for the Dodgers. Kyle Tucker, who's been out with a non-COVID illness, he's expected to return later this week. There was initially thoughts that maybe he'd be back at the beginning of the week, now looking more like a mid-to-late-week activation for Kyle Tucker. A bunch of Giants moves here. Alex Dickerson and Darren Ruff activated off the IL. Lamont Wade Jr., who we've talked about a bit, uh, had been hitting really well, but he got sent back down to AAA Sacramento along with Jason Vossler. Maybe that does open up some playing time for Wilmer Flores, Michael. We talked about that on, on Monday's show. 
Uh, Joey Lucchese has a significant UCL tear. Uh, Jesus Lazardo sent to AAA Las Vegas. So the, the bullpen experiment with him didn't go very well. Uh, is he droppable at this point? I think he is just because he's in the minors. And as you said, the bullpen experiment didn't go well. The only reason he was there was because he wasn't pitching very well in the rotation. And so you can't know when he's going to be back. You can't know what sort of role he's going to be in. I was very bullish on actually acquiring him when they moved him to the uh, bullpen just in believing that things had to get better. And they haven't. So I'm sorry if you took that advice. But yeah, at this point, I mean, I still think things will get better for him this season. But that's a very prized roster spot that you can't just hold on to, hoping for things to get better at some you know mystical, fictional time in the future. <laughs> All right. And a couple of notes on Eduardo Escobar of the uh, Diamondbacks, now of the one win in a row. Um, he did not start on Monday due to a slight quad strain, but he was available uh, to pinch hit and does intend to play through the injury. Uh, now, in what is possibly a related note to that, uh, Bob Nightingale reports that the White Sox are interested in acquiring Escobar. And of course, they do have a need at second base with Nick Madrigal out for the year. So uh, maybe we see Escobar moving to the south side. Is there any change there, uh, Michael, in terms of uh, fancy value? If that I happens? think there would be. Yeah, big time change uh, if he gets there because, as you said, without Nick Madrigal, they're looking for someone to play second base every day, or at least mostly every day. So you throw Eduardo Escobar and his on-base skills into that White Sox lineup, I think you'd be feeling pretty good about him. Also, uh, getting him in uh, in uh, guaranteed rate field uh, for his home games, a very nice place to hit, as we know. All that adds up to a boon for Eduardo Escobar's fantasy value if that does end up coming to pass. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to the uh, standout performances for Monday. And let's stay with the Diamondbacks, who again snapped their 17-game losing streak, in large part because Merrill Kelly pitched a, a nice game for them. Seven innings, just one run allowed on five hits and one walk. Five strikeouts against the Brewers. Guess who dropped Merrill Kelly in TGFBI right before this? <laughs> this guy uh, did. <laughs> yeah, you. That's my guess. <laughs> <laughs> So, yep, yeah, that's that's a 15-team league, so probably not not a great move uh, on my part, uh, but uh, made room for Michael Fulmer, at least. Anyway, um, does this change anything? Because Kelly, actually, the results had not really been there for him lately, hence my dropping him, but the underlying peripherals weren't probably as bad as, as the actual results. So, if some yeah. doofus in your 15-teamer <laughs> dropped Kelly, <laughs> should you pick him up? I, I probably would. I probably never would have dropped him, as you hinted at here. But, you know, one start doesn't change anything for anyone at this stage of the game. Merrill Kelly was and remains 15-team mixed league relevant, and that's probably where his relevance ends. All right, and let's take a look at a few other pitchers. Uh, Jake Odorizzi, we talked about him as a potential streamer. In fact, really the only potential streamer on this slate. He came through if you did take that risk. Uh, five no-hit scoreless innings at Baltimore, nine strikeouts, one walk. Uh, I don't think, obviously, this is indicative of, of future performance. So that's not knock not against Odorizzi. I just don't think he's getting you know close to two strikeouts an inning and no-hitting everybody every time, but uh, very encouraging. Fair to say. Definitely encouraging, and another good uh, another good spot for him over the weekend against the Pirates. And something else that's encouraging here, as we've talked about so much with this Houston team, is they have more starters than they have rotation spots for. So you're in a pseudo competition uh, for the remaining spots in that rotation, maybe all season long, and maybe they do end up skipping some guys and sort of building a 
six-man type rotation, even if they never really have six guys in the rotation at one time. So Odorizzi is planting a flag here saying, maybe you don't skip me. All right, yeah, that's a good point. Some long-term impact maybe for his chances to continue starting for the Astros. A couple of uh, Brave starters to look at here because, again, there was a doubleheader at Citi Field. Uh, Kyle Muller starting for them. uh, Only going four innings, but pretty nice start. One run, just one hit allowed, three strikeouts, two walks. Uh, So I would think that this would maybe earn him another spot. Uh, Do we have any mixed league interest in him yet? Yeah, I do think we have some some mixed league interest in him, at least as a streamer. But uh, yeah, I think he definitely probably earned himself another start with this one, too. And an impressive performance against a Mets team that's starting to get a little healthier. And the guys who have been healthy the whole time starting to hit a little better, too. It's not uh, the pushover lineup that it was as recently as two or three weeks ago. Yeah, and in related news, Jack McNeil supposed to return for them on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the second game, it was Ian Anderson, five and a third innings, no runs. Did give up hits, though, uh, three of them, uh, five Ks, one walk. Uh, he uh, His strikeout rate's been down this year. So in one sense, maybe you could view Anderson's uh, season as a disappointment, 25.2% uh, strikeout rate. But I think there's upside potential here, not only in terms of maybe a strikeout rebound. He's allowing a 218 average on ground balls, which is a little better than the major league average. Anderson is the king of the low grounder in the majors this year. Um, that infield defense, I know you're you're a big backer of Dansby Swanson in terms of fantasy value. I don't think his defense is necessarily helping Anderson a lot here. So maybe, though, he, he can get some, some ground ball outs, uh, some more of them going forward. It seems like we would bet on it, him getting some more going forward, but uh, yeah, it does seem as though this defense has not done him any favors this season. We expect ground balls to be turned into outs at a very, at at least a higher rate than this, and so uh, it would be nice to see that happen for him. All right, and one more pitcher, one I'm a little concerned about, uh, Julio Arias against the Padres. Yep, that's it's a tough matchup, uh, but this is the latest in the string of starts that aren't as good as we would normally expect from him. Four innings for uh, Arias, six runs on six hits, four walks, five Ks. So his last five starts combined now, a 6.31 ERA. He's given up six homers and at least one homer in each of those five starts. That's very unusual for Arias. Uh, a 10.8% swinging strike rate, which now we're in, a, in an era where that's actually a little disappointing, believe it or not. And a lot of contact being allowed in the zone, 88% right there during this uh, string of starts for Arias. Uh, do we, we sit him down until we see some, some improvement? For me, sitting down is always going to depend on what the rest of your roster looks like. I would be more worried about just all this contact he's giving up and wonder if he's tipping something or if uh, he's just falling into predictable patterns and hitters have an idea of uh, knowing what's coming because you see a guy who's not getting any swing and miss uh, in this era, a guy who's giving up as many home runs as he's giving up, as much hard contact as he's giving up, it gives you pause. It makes you think that hitters somehow know what's coming. And so that's something that I would be looking for in his next couple of trips to the mound. All right. And we'll look at just a couple of hitters here. Uh, Eugenio Suarez and Max Kepler, uh, both not doing much for uh, their, their fancy managers in terms of batting average. Good games on Monday. Two for five with Suarez with his 15th home run of the year. He's now 10 for his last 37 with a couple of homers. And Kepler, two for four with his seventh stolen base. Uh, that's a new career high for him, establishing just 171 plate appearances. Uh, so with Kepler, he's just not pulling his flies as, as often as he typically does. Um, that's where he's derived a lot of his power in the past. Um, 
so Suarez uh, on an on an upswing, Kepler with some surprising power. Is it maybe an opportunity to buy low on either of them? I think you could maybe on Kepler. I feel as though the the buy window on Suarez, or at least the buy low window, has potentially passed here. 15 homers, definitely. I mean, the guy was still hitting for power when he was making contact, when he was in his deep, deep slump to start the season. And it feels like he's pulled himself out of that. So I think that buy low window is gone. I feel, I think it could still could be there on Kepler. And I would bet on the power coming around, too, on Kepler. So that's something I would definitely check in on. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's uh, go to the streamers for Tuesday slate. Uh, we've got more than last time. We just <laughs> Rizzi. We've got some more choices this time around with the bigger slate. We got Ross Tripling, who we've talked about this start. We've been anticipating this for like a week now at the Marlins. Uh, Chris Flexen, this one too. We've been anticipating at home against the Rockies. Great matchup there. Andrew Haney versus the Giants at home. Bailey Ober at home against the Reds and Johan Oviedo. Excuse me, Johan Oviedo. At Detroit. So Stripling, Flexen, Haney, Ober, Oviedo. Who's worth streaming? Stripling, absolutely. I think Flexen is as well. Those would be my first two guys. I would love, love, love to get Stripling. And I would like, like, like to get Flexen as a streamer for these matchups. The next guys definitely take a step down. And I'm probably ranking them Oviedo at the top here. Followed by Heaney and then Ober. That's how I look at these guys. I I wouldn't necessarily go for one of the bottom three. That's going to depend on my roster, regardless of what I've got, what sort of pitching I've got, how I'm sitting in the pitching standings, whether I'm head-to-head and I am need pitching, don't need pitching, whatever. I feel pretty good about stripling and flexing. All right, yeah, and Oviedo coming off of a good start against the Marlins. Uh, another good matchup, maybe not quite as favorable uh, at Detroit. So... Uh, on that note, speaking of Detroit, I know you got uh, some good information for us in the weekly gambling spotlight regarding that uh, Tigers game. So uh, what do you got for us? Yeah, right after uh, wanting to uh, get in on Johan Oviedo, let's take a look at that game and look at the other side of that matchup where Tarek Skubal is going to be taking the ball for the Tigers, plus 100 on Bet MGM. I really like the Tigers here. We've talked quite a bit over the last month or so now, maybe even longer, about Tarek Skubal making a turn uh, and really finding himself. That has continued on here. Tarek Skubal having a very nice stretch of starts. And, uh, you know, you get this Cardinals team, which just doesn't really have much of a reliable offense going right now as a comfortable favorite. I think that's just a little bit overselling the Cardinals and, frankly, underselling what Tarek Skubal is at this stage of the season. So plus 100 is the line for the Tigers. The Cardinals are minus 120 in this one. I definitely like the Detroit Tigers to take the win, and I'll go ahead and make that play at plus 100. I'm also going to look at the, uh, the third game. In the Braves-Mets series, as you said, the doubleheader yesterday, a fun pitching matchup between Marcus Stroman and Charlie Morton. I think either side of that uh, is uh, bettable at minus 110, but I'm actually going to look at the total here. Give me the under seven runs in this game. I think both starters end up uh, defining the way that this game ends up going. Uh, it's just minus 110 also is your standard uh, your standard odds on an over-under line, but uh, I do think that this is a game where the pitchers really bring their force to bear, and uh, that's something that I want to get 
in on. I've wanted to like one side or the other because of the pitching matchup, but I just couldn't get myself all the way there. Jeff McNeil making his return for the Mets, so that they'll give that offense a little bit of an on-base shot in the arm, something they could certainly use. I still think this is a game uh, that go- ends up going under, so give me the under seven runs in Braves and Mets again, that line coming from BetMGM. All right, great stuff, Michael. I uh, always appreci- appreciate the uh, information in this segment. So uh, that's going to be it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. So uh, while you're uh, thinking of it, while you're listening here, if you do have an opportunity to rate and review this podcast, uh, we would greatly appreciate it uh, if you did take the time to do that. So on this very special Wander Franco Day, yeah. I'm Al Melchior. <laughs> that's Michael Feller, and we'll be back here on Wednesday. Mm-hmm.